Well, this is going to be interesting. This is, again, <clears throat> after all these years, it's been at least a decade since we took a summer break and mm -hmm. all that. We started doing classes through the summer because people wanted more activities all year long, so we started doing that, and we're just too damn old and tired now to continue doing that, literally. So we need, we're finding it's like, okay, sometimes there really is too much. So we're going to go back to the old schedule. This will be the first time taking a summer break like this, and again, who knows how long it's been in that way, but... It'll be nice, something different. It's just nice to mix things up at times, try something new or try something old that used to work. <laughs> you know, like everything's an experiment in life. So we're, we're doing that. And even, even when we did the old summer vacations, we always usually did something like one retreat in the summer. So that retreat, I guess, was going, what, to summer camp or something on our summer vacation. So we'll be doing summer camp in Hawaii uh, for five days for anybody who wants to join over there and doing that. But until then, it'll, it'll be nice to take a break and uh, see, how, see how this goes and uh, see what it's like then the new school year. I just think it's interesting that literally what we're doing in ILM and all the experimenting over the years, it definitely seems for whatever reason with this group, I even did a talk, I don't even remember how many years ago, like the pathway as a classroom. And it's literally like school, the school year and the summer breaks. It just somehow seems to work really well um, in this creation here physically on that timeline, even in doing the, the uh, gatherings like we're doing here. And I know things have really changed over the years. <clears throat> when we started in the Franklin Building, was it October or so of 96? You mm, started, so. I think, just a few months before I moved in January. And I remember staying in somebody's house or their extended house back when I came into town and all. It's just interesting. I, some of the sharing I'm doing now is not just reminiscing, but I find it interesting how we'll look at our lives and look at our past at times and kind of review different segments of our lives or time periods because in doing so it can begin to take out that which has been of value. <clears throat> and in evaluating that, it gives us the opportunity to really learn and grow from all that, to look at our past and see what really is serving us now and be able to let go. Otherwise, it can turn into reminiscing when we try to keep recreating or constantly hanging on to the past then it works against us and it pulls us backwards and we don't allow ourselves to really move forward into what's new or what's next. And it's just interesting how that's really coming up because like I said, it's been so many years since we've done like a summer break. It reminds me of the past when things were really rolling along quite nicely and it's just finding that not only a balance going forward but a, a renewal of sorts, a rejuvenation of all that. And one thing I've learned over all these years now in doing this, a lot of what I'm sharing from my own personal story or personal experience, I find it's interesting how the Holy Spirit will come in and, and work through our own personal experience that as we share, that it's often going on in the collective consciousness with 
all of you here listening in, wherever you are on the planet. There's, it's really interesting because even those of you watching on the broadcast, uh, broadcasting, yeah, broadcast, okay, we're broadcasting now, that we've heard people saying, oh my God, it's like being right here. And here it is through technology, literally halfway across the planet, that you can be present right in the moment and be experiencing that movement of spirit no matter where you're on the planet, just by literally having this connection through hearing, through seeing, through just tuning in in that way. And so obviously that's what we're doing. And the things are really coming up where the summer, I'm going to just say, is an opportunity to really look at our past, to look at the last, for me it's been 21 and a half years now since I moved here to Austin, Texas and the journey it's been for me. And maybe it's something we can all do over the summer is just begin to look at whatever segment of life, whether it's the last 21 years like I'm reviewing myself or whether it's your last year, your last 10 years, or your whole life, whatever that may be, to really begin to look. Because in that, it gives us the opportunity to really extract or learn those lessons. And it's that learning that really fulfills the soul. And as the soul gets fulfilled, well, all those things we're seeking in the world, happiness, joy, satisfaction, success, whatever that is we're seeking in the world, when the soul gets fulfilled is when we're going to begin to experience more of that which we think we're seeking in the world. Because in truth, we are seeking God, but we're doing it through a down-and-out focus in the world, trying to have the experiences in this physical creation that we think is going to bring us happiness and joy and fulfillment. Not really knowing or understanding that in moving through life experience, it's that as the soul learns and grows, that as the soul awakens, that's the real fulfillment. And as the soul is fulfilled, it's reflected through our consciousness into this creation where we can call it happiness, contentment, peace, joy, whatever that is we're seeking on those levels through the physical experiences that we're attempting to create in our lives physically. And that's the funny thing in this. If you can realize that the spiritual journey we're on here, even through our physical experience and seeking that fulfillment, is really a spiritual journey even if we call it something of the world that we're looking for, that we're trying to find that happiness or joy here, that even in that search in the world, it really is one of now the soul's ever-unfolding journey of awakening and discovering and knowing itself, the truth of who we are. At times, not even really realizing until it is time to really begin the journey back in and up towards God, that as we do that journey, that it does reflect into the world, we're going to find that greater fulfillment of that which we're seeking here. And so it can help to understand that, but better than just understanding is to apply it and start to really make it a process for yourself where you engage yourself in your life. It's so interesting now because a lot of things out in the media, there's so much of this talked about 
about living in the present and the here and the now. And to really have a fulfilling or successful life, it's nice how they're opening up the boundaries of what success means, that to have that successful life, regardless of how you define it, really is more that process of not only living in the moment, but really engaging yourself, participating more fully in your life, rather than seeking to escape it. It's that seeking to escape that is that avoidance mechanism, the fight or the flight, that we will run as the animal nature that is always in protection and defense and survival mode. And it's that transcendence of the survival mode that begins to really change or transform our consciousness. And we have to look higher for that to happen. That's why we always come back to God and spirit and meditation and really learning and awakening to our true self, the soul, the divine spark. And it's that journey as we begin to more consciously focus on that, that we begin to see then that our life experience physically then does become fulfilled. Rather than life fulfills us, we fulfill life. Isn't that interesting? We fulfill life. Life doesn't fulfill us. But it's how we choose to engage in life. How we choose to perceive and experience life that either fulfills it or just extends it until we wake up and get it. Understand the game, how it's played here in this physical creation. And it's that life fulfillment, the journey of the soul, that we are all truly seeking. We just don't understand it until we start to come across the pathway like this, of sound and light. Well, what's the job of a spiritual teacher? What's the job of any teacher? Is to share the lesson, the teachings, the lesson plan. And that's what we're doing here. We're sharing the spiritual teachings, the spiritual lesson plan that each of us as a student in this classroom of life begins to participate and do the homework, or as we like to say in here, the going homework. That as we choose to participate in this class of life by engaging ourselves with that spirit behind the play going on here that we see before us. It's like a theater production. If you go to a play, live theater, you see all the actors and, you know, playing out some type of scenario that often is relevant to some action in life and why plays of old and movies and TV shows nowadays are just an extension and a, of that, a growth of that. But it's always a storyline that is there to serve us, to teach us something. Even if it's just we thinking it's entertainment, there's learning in just that too, even when it seems silly and doesn't apply to life, but yet in some way it does. But even in a play, a movie, a TV show, you got the actors on the stage acting out the scenarios for our learning and growth and entertainment. What went into that? Who came up with the script? 
Who's the director, the producer? All the work, the organization that went into the making of that play. That work that is behind the scenes is where the real growth and fulfillment of life experience is. And until we're willing to do the work and look at the behind the scenes, it's interesting, I always have enjoyed the making of a movie, to see the behind the scenes, what goes on in real life, of the fantasy of the movies portraying. Until we are willing to really look at all that, we're ever going to be caught up in the illusion of what's just presented out here. So at some point, we have to realize that what's presented out here, and even what we each are presenting out here, is just the theatrical production. This theatrical production that we each are presenting to the world is a story made up that we've created behind the scenes where we're the actor, the director, the producer, the scriptwriter, the playwright, all of it. And we're always trying to enlist everybody in our lives to be part of our production. No, no, I want you in my production. And then the other person goes, no, I want to be the star of the show. I want you in my production. Here, you can be best supporting actor, but I want to be the star of the show. And so the ego plays, right? And then those of us with the egos, oh, I'm not worthy, lowly as me. Oh, thank you so much for letting me even be part of the production, even if it's just the cleanup. Well, everybody's got to fill some role. But how do we look at all that? How do we perceive it? Do we judge it? Do we criticize it? All of our opinions that make up that production? Or do we allow ourselves to fully engage and experience any role that we are playing at any time? Because we've all noticed by this time, I don't see any little newborn babies in here, that we all get some type of experience and learning, and it's always changing. It never stays the same. So we get to experience all these different perspectives by playing the different characters, not only on stage, but playing the different characters that have helped to bring the production to life. So that we have a fuller understanding and that's what we're doing here as a soul, having all these lifetimes after lifetimes of experience in the play, behind the scenes, the production of it all, that we as a soul are really gaining greater understanding through our life experience by playing all the different roles that we play life after life. And it is in that that we extract the value, as I was saying earlier, reviewing our lives or different segments. By reviewing that, we extract the value. And what else do we do? Well, just like a movie, they go back and edit, right? To make a two-hour movie takes, I don't have any idea really, 20, 200 hours of filming or something, and then you just edit it down to two hours. Well, that's kind of what we're doing when we reveal our lives. The last 20 years, okay, I'm going to edit it down to 
uh, two and a half hours my meditation one day. <laughs> Why do I pick those segments, edit out everything else, and I'm only left with 10%, and the other 90% I've edited out? Isn't it interesting, even those percentages? It'd be interesting, I don't know really what the hours are that somebody may film for a real movie and then what they edit out to come up with, you know, two or two and a half hours if we want to say 10% of the day. We edit things out of our lives for reasons because somehow it doesn't bring value, answer something, teach us something. It's not part of the main theme of the lesson. So somehow we arrive at all these segments and clip them all together so it creates this one movie line, the one that we really want to see. It's interesting study, just to even go back, look at things like the Shakespeare plays. William Shakespeare was a teacher on his path to sun and light. And a lot of those plays were to help bring the spiritual teachings to the masses. Just as Jesus said, he taught in parables to the many, but spoke directly to the few. It was the same in those other times with other teachers such as the Shakespeare plays, is the parables to the many. And those that are called are few. Really, everybody's called. That's why everybody the spiritual teachings are shared with. But the few that are called are really the ones who are sparked by watching the movie, listening to the play, because somewhere along the storyline, it moved something. It inspired someone. And it is that inner movement and inspiration. When it moves within us, something inside of us stands up. Something inside of us wakes up and takes notice of what that is that is moving inside of ourselves. For me, when it first began, I wasn't looking for God or spirit. I wasn't consciously doing anything that I would call spiritual at the time. But somewhere along in what I was doing, something inside of me moved and it caught my attention. And for me, it was that I could not, not notice it because it was so strong that it literally changed me and changed my life. But I know it's not like that for everybody. It may be more subtle. For me, it wasn't subtle. It's like God said, you're coming home, rather than, hey, you want to come home? Because here, I'm going to pretty much ruin your whole life so that all that is left is coming home. That's not really the case, but when we go through these things, we often feel that way. 
Why is God ruining my life? Why the hell did I choose this spiritual pathway? Dang it, if I could only go back and declare ignorance as bliss. Because I didn't know it was going to be this much work. I didn't know I was going back to school and had all this homework with all these tests. God doesn't test us. That's Lucifer's job. So part of the teaching here is to start getting clear and understand what really is God and what really is the deceiver, the reflection, the one we call Lucifer, the evil one. Even evil, spelled backwards, live. To engage in life and live it is where we awaken to the truth of the spirit of life. But when we don't engage and we choose to live a fantasy, the illusion of it, that is what we could call the reflection or the backwards of living and call that the evil. And we are aware of that. We are aware more than what we realize. But we have been so habitualized and just it's on automatic. We don't think about it. We don't pay attention. We don't ask the questions, wonder, well, what the heck is going on? Not only how did I get here and what the heck is going on, but why? What is this? This life and this creation. Let alone wanting to know what God is in the spiritual creation. I don't freaking understand this physical planet in this creation. Well, why do you think we reincarnate over and over and over for millions of years? Because there's a lot to experience just on this physical creation, let alone just this one planet. Thinking we're on the pursuit of happiness. Sooner or later, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to have the right physical experience that is going to fulfill me and I'll live happily ever after. Boy, Disney has it made. The happily ever after. I mean, I love the happy ever afters. I hate bad endings. You know, somebody dies and you walk out of the movie depressed. Oh, my God. But yet in this physical life, everybody dies. <laughs> Do we walk out of this movie depressed? Or we go, yay, I'm dead. <laughs> well, obviously, if you're going, yay, I'm dead, means you're not dead. It is very crazy in crazy-making. But you see, most people don't pay enough attention and ask the questions and really ponder life and the whys and what the heck, how did this even come into creation and beingness? We just go on about living life totally asleep, not even aware of what this life is or what it's about and the whys of it. We just have learned obligation and this is what we've been told so we try to fulfill what we've been told and wondering why we never find that happiness we keep trying to seek. Or if we get happiness for a moment, we get it, we fulfilled some major goal. I got married, I got kids, I got a job. And you're all happy. Yes, I did it. You know, and then you've been around that job for a couple years ago. This sucks. I want a new job. Why? I thought this is what you wanted to begin with, and now that you got it, how come you're not happy? Well, I was happy. Oh, my God, what's going on right now in class? I feel like I'm talking to myself, and I'm just looking at all of you going. 
got this conversation in my head going back and forth, talking to myself. But isn't that what we're all doing all day long, talking to ourselves, thinking we are crazy, or thinking everybody else is, but we're not? Or we're trying to portray ourselves to be the perfect image out here so nobody else thinks we're crazy? And we're so worried everybody else is going to think we're crazy that we try to conform. And believe me, in here, we're not promoting rebelliousness at all. But we're not promoting trying to conform either. We're trying to promote awakening, awareness, understanding, compassion, fulfillment, the joy and the peace that comes as a movement of spirit not as a physical experience. When we begin and continue the spiritual journey of awakening, the closer we get to God, at some point, our lives literally will turn upside down. And I mean that literally. If you haven't experienced that yet, well, don't worry, your day's coming. I think most of you in here have probably experienced that, though, by now. Your life literally turns upside down. Do you know why? Because this world is a reflection. And this world itself is reflected downwards. So that as you move up to spirit, your world literally turns downside up is the truth, not upside down. When we came into this physical creation, when we were up, it went upside down. And now we're in the process of turning the downside back up. Did you follow me? Or is that confusing? Because believe me, when you go through this and if you try to think about what I said, it can really confuse you. Unless you've been doing this pathway long enough and you've had the experience, in any experience you'll understand without a doubt what I just said. If you haven't had the experience, you go, what the hell is he talking about? How come Jim and Brian contradict themselves so much? I say one thing and then they say another thing and it drives me nuts. How come they give such mixed messages? Is it a paradox? Hell no, it's not a paradox. It's very clear to me. You're the one who screwed up. Did I confuse you? Or did you confuse yourself because you've gotten so caught up in this physical creation that is upside down and now you've got a spiritual teacher going, hey, let's right the boat. Let's turn it up. Let's turn it now downside back up so that you are now standing up in aligned with the truth of the divine rather than aligned with the illusion of evil, <laughs> the evil one. That's Jim, by the way. He's the evil one what he usually says about me. Everybody misses this except for those that receive the sacred name of God. When you answer the call and you receive that sacred name of God by your choice not because somebody made you do it. Somebody made you do it and you're going along and playing along. 
you're not going to get the real value. But by your choice, freely choosing that sacred name of God, when you receive that and that is anchored in your consciousness, that is the real beginning. Up until then, it's the preparation. It's the checking things out. It's preschool. like preschool. Everybody likes preschool, kindergarten, because it's all play, crafts, and arts. And then we get initiated, and then we start school, and we think it's going to be fun because we thought it'd be like preschool, and they go, oh my God, I have to work. Oh my God, I've got to do stuff. Homework? Oh my God, who, who likes homework? I actually have met a few people who do, and it's awesome because they are straight-A students, and well, it's because they love it. I don't know many people like that. And I know that's the hard part because we don't expect when we come to a spiritual pathway, there's homework. We think it's going to be all ease and grace, right? Well, yeah, definitely the grace. The ease comes when we do the homework. We make it easy by doing the homework. It's when, well, think about it. In school, what usually happened if you did not do your homework? Was everybody on your case to get your homework done, get good grades? But if you were doing your homework and getting good grades, they left you alone. Maybe even congratulated you or gave you a smiley face. But if you're not, what is most of the time spent? Get your homework done. I wish it were different on the spiritual pathway. And this is where my challenge is. Everybody comes to Gemini going, do my homework for me, please. Do my homework for me. Give me the lesson plan. Tell me how it is. Tell me my destiny. Tell me my whatever. So I'll be happy ever after and not have to do anything. I can ride off into the sunset and live in bliss. Well, it's true, you do ride off into the sunset, or the sunrise in this case, because remember, this world's upside down, so we're turning you downside back up. Still with me on all that? Listen, I'm trying not even to listen to what I'm saying, because it'll confuse me if I do. So I just keep talking, trying to distract myself so that I don't listen and get confused. <laughs> but rather that I just go with the flow and awaken. This may sound odd, but to really have understanding, we have to be willing to let go of the mind and trying to figure things out. That's confusing. If I could just figure this out, I would understand. Well, maybe in the world when you read and memorize something for a test in school. And that's another challenge. Well, on the spiritual pathway, when you do your spiritual study, you're going to have to actually try to forget everything you've ever read, not try to figure things out, set it all down, and go inside and connect into that divine flow of grace. And then as you are turned downside back up, 
that spiritual awakening will bring the understanding. It's called revelation. Spiritually, things are revealed to you as you wake up and turn right back up that the knowing of God awakens within you where you just know. Have you had those experiences where you just know something and it's not something you figured out, but you just know it? Or there is the knowing that comes with, not because you figured something out, but because you had this life experience and through your experience you came to an understanding by having your experience. Or you just knew. The just knowing comes from because you've experienced it in another lifetime and all you're doing now is reawakening and that reawakening is truly now returning back into that knowing that comes with that oneness where we unite with God. That knowing is the understanding. And that understanding and knowing will truly bring the peace and the joy that we're seeking and the fulfillment. And that fulfillment is all the lessons learned that have been our homework assignments in every grade, in every experience, in every aspect along a whole journey of millions and billions of years. This has been a long school session. But guess what? God wants each and every one of us to know God's creation and wants us to fully experience so that we have the knowing and the understanding of this physical creation we call the tree of knowledge, the tree of good and evil, or time and space. So the tree of knowledge, we partook of the mind that apple, the story of the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve taking a bite of the apple is a soul partaking in the mind, which is the aspect of knowledge or the reflection of knowing. The mind's knowledge is a reflection of God's knowing. I thought I would just jump into the lesson plan today rather than doing a meditation so everybody's awake instead of falling asleep in meditation and then you come out of meditation going, huh? Wake up! I remember, like, I, I remember the worst was history class after lunch back in high school. Oh my God, it was already boring enough and I'd fall asleep no matter what time of day but after lunch. You know, I mean, here we start at 1 p.m. here after lunch or breakfast or dinner if you're on another part of the planet. And so we meditate and you're trying to stay awake. So I thought I'd just mix it up a little today. We'll take, 
We'll go back to kindergarten while we'll take a nap in the middle of the day. When Jim talks, you can take your nap. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I wake you up? <laughs> you can really begin to look at your life as truly an opportunity or an experience to learn from. Think about it. Do you remember when you were a little kid and you found learning actually enjoyable because it was a process of answering your curiosity about things? When we were young and curious, there's this natural process of wanting to know by going and participating and having experience. Look at kids, they want to go have the experience. That's inherent in all of us. What's happened is that when we've got trained into the mind through the intellect, we simply lost touch with the natural curiosity of wanting to have experience. That is spiritual learning, is experience. Totally different than intellectual learning through the mind. Spiritual learning is through experience. Intellectual learning is through the mind. Yes, I'm repeating that so you can write it down in your notebook for the quiz this summer and then our final exam and Somebody's cell phone going off in the back. I know we can have fun. Let's everybody look at the person and judge them now. Oh my God, you didn't shut off your cell phone? Seriously? I'm kidding. Let's not judge. Let's just accept it and love it and forgive it and move on, right? So don't feel bad, whoever that was. Just place the blame back out on the people who judged you like we normally do. Did you not hear me? Were you not listening? Well, how come you got the answer wrong on the test? If you were listening and paying attention, you would have known. <laughs> well, it's because you're so boring. <laughs> Sorry, I fell asleep for that part of the lecture. <laughs> if you would stop lecturing me, I probably would listen. <laughs> stop telling me what to do. Let me do it on my own. <laughs> That's what we do, right? Let me do it on my own. Leave me alone. And then we wonder why, how come God's not participating in our life? Seriously, it's like, okay, God, come on, come on. Leave me alone, let me do it. Stop telling me what to do. Well, God's going, then, well, stop asking me then. You're the one creating the problems to solve. You're the ones creating the homework to learn from. You're the ones answering your own questions that you've came up with. Does that mean if I stop asking questions, 
then there'll be no more answers? <laughs> oh my God, this is confusing. It's just too much. And when it becomes too much, we get too worn out, we get old and we die. That's pretty much it, right? Oh my God, life's worn me out. I'm dead. Enough. Bye. Goodbye. Then we're back another life, totally having amnesia. What the hell just happened? Where did? How did I get here? Why is the hell is somebody slapping me on the ass coming out of that womb? <laughs> They're saying, wake up, dumbass. You came back again. If you were smart and got it right the last lifetime, you wouldn't be here now. Is that really the case? Are we really a bunch of dumbasses because we didn't get it the previous life so we're back again for another try because we all failed? Oh, I'm sorry, we're all in summer school? We're special ed? We're slow learners? Maybe we're learning really quick and it only takes a few million years instead of a few billion. It really is a matter of perspective. Do any of us really know how long we've been around as a soul? Nobody really does. I only know back 18 million years ago. Really, that's the last recollection I've had. 18 million years, not even on this planet, another planet. And how old is this solar system, let alone the universe? Hmm, 18 million years is not very long. How can you put things like that into perspective? How do you expect to retain and remember all that information? You can't. That's the trap in the game of the mind. Is that through the mind we're ever trying to remember? We can't even remember, let alone last, our last life, just maybe last month. But yet we're always trying through the mind to know, to remember, not realizing that's a trap. That this isn't about the mind, but this is about the soul having experience and the wisdom that comes with that is that knowing again that is the true fulfillment. Once we've had enough experience, then we'll begin the journey home to God. Until then, we're going to keep reincarnating, keep trying to remember, keep trying to have more experience. We'll keep having more curiosity and fascinations and interest, things we want to do and achieve and experience here. And that's a good thing. But what do most of us do when we get on a spiritual path like this? We think it's evil. Oh my God, more karma. Unlearned lessons. Oh my God, I don't want to create more karma. Then I've got to reincarnate and do this all over again. What do you think you've been doing for millions and billions of years? What's one more life? Did you know that the day we finally give up, the fear of having to reincarnate and come back again or the fear of failing the lesson is the day we actually finally start to get liberated. When we can give up those fears 
of doing it wrong, of failing, of having to come back again. We've got to let go of even not wanting to come back again. I'm not saying to want to come back. We have to let go of not wanting to come back. For most of us, we will get initiated to do this pathway because we are so tired of this life and we see it as so negative and disturbing, we just want out of here. So then we'll try to use the spiritual pathway as an escape or an avoidance mechanism. Eventually, though, the good news is we realize this pathway is not an escape, not an avoidance mechanism, but actually is the support mechanism by which we can now fulfill our experience. And then we escape. <laughs> the escaping is by the fulfillment of our experience. We graduate. But in this world, it often can be seen as we're in prison. It used to be taught a lot in the East about the soul's imprisonment and in bondage coming into this creation. So we've given it over those lifetimes a negative connotation, which it is. This is a negative creation, but the thing is, we've turned negative into bad. The truth is, negative and positive is about polarity like a magnet, like a north and south pole of a magnet. But we have called negative evil and positive good. We messed it up by the way we misconstrued what negative and positive is. We turned everything over or we turned everything downside. Misinterpretation, miscommunication. But that's what the mind does. It misinterprets and then miscommunicates from that misinterpretation the truth of our experience. And that's why we get so confused and disturbed because in that misinterpretation, miscommunication, we begin to live. It crosses the wires through the mind, the emotions, and it creates the state of the ego structure that then we live in a state of confusion and misinterpretation and then we begin to communicate that which we could call miscommunication because it comes out of the structure of the ego rather than the knowing of the soul. But that's also the very polarity, the positive and negatives as the wires are crossed that creates the magnetic pole that traps the soul in bondage and imprisons it through the mind and emotions or the ego structure to encase and hold it in this physical creation to have its experience here until it begins to turn back towards God and then in that turning towards God through unconditional loving, that unconditional loving or neutrality begins to demagnetize or neutralize the polarity that releases the soul from the misinterpreted, miscommunicated crossed wires of the ego, mind, emotion structure. This is going to be on your final exam, so I hope you got that. Was that mental enough? I know the mind loves, you know, science class, right? 
But that's a lot of the truth. The polarity here is about magnetism. Positive negatives, not good and evil. We've misinterpreted it that way. If you understand magnetic polarity in the forces of that, all nature is moved by attraction and repulsion, cause and effect. That's what helps move things along here. Where the action of grace is just a flow without polarity. That flow is unconditional loving, which is neutral by its nature. So when we get initiated in that sacred name that we meditate upon is where we now bring our consciousness and connect into that flow of neutrality of unconditional loving. And the more we do that, it begins to demagnetize all the other stuff where the soul's been caught up in. And the more we demagnetize that by focusing more into the neutral unconditional loving is what frees the soul out of its bondage and imprisonment by the ego structure. Are you, are you getting this? I can repeat it if you want because it is on the final exam. You have to pass before you can go on summer break, otherwise we've got summer school. But it's in Hawaii, so that's the good news. <laughs> it's really interesting because really the science of the soul is actually very scientific in the way that I'm speaking now about polarity and neutrality. And this literally deals even with gravitational forces, laws of nature, physics. It's interesting because science is beginning to figure a lot of this out. The only problem is it still falls for the trap. Once they think they figure it out, they've got the answer that it solves everything, but all it does is really open the door now to the next <laughs> question. The next level of understanding. But if we can approach life in that scientific way, because we're looking at our life experience to learn from it, that learning is the value. And isn't it interesting? Why do we feel so good when we pass a test? And why do we feel so bad when we fail a test? Why is that? Think about it. If you ponder that one, you'll start to realize the laws of magnetism and polarity that feeling good, feeling bad, success or passing and failure is dealing with polarity. And as long as we keep being motivated by polarity, we stay engaged and entrapped and caught up in it. We feed it. The soul is the very life force that feeds the magnetism and gives it life. As soon as we remove that, the magnetism dissolves. It drops away. So we, the soul, that is that energy current, that gives it all life. As we remove ourselves through meditation and going home to God through that movement of grace, that sound current of the sacred name, it all begins to collapse and fall away. 
dissolves back into the nothingness, the void from which it all came out of, so it shall return as we return back to God and release that polarity magnetic action that we have utilized to create our experiences in this physical dimension. This is actually kind of fun for me today. It's a little different than what I've usually been sharing. Hey, let's just love, accept, forgive, and love God, and it's all good. Well, that's true, but sometimes the mind likes to hear a little more information than that because the mind doesn't know how to love and accept and forgive and meditate upon God, and it's all good. But the soul does. The soul's nature is to love God, to meditate upon the sacred name is to love God. And it is we, the soul, that choose to participate in the meditation upon the sacred name that we love God and through that loving we are fulfilled. And through that loving it answers all the questions because loving answers and fulfills everything. Even when there's not the information the loving will still fulfill us. And the loving will also give us the information to support the process for the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body to come into alignment and to let go of the questions, the concerns, the doubts, and the fears so that we can choose to release, to let go, to forgive to set ourselves free so that now that divine action of grace, that river of loving, can lift us out of this physical dimension and back into the spiritual from which we have come as the divine child of God. Just as we have physical parents, fathers, mothers, and we're children of, so it is spiritual, as this physical creation truly is a reflection that the Father, Mother, God, and the divine child of God that we are, of how we've been created, where we've come from, and why we always seek to return, and why even family is such an important thing in this world. But the mind is misinterpreted again what family really is and how it's supposed to be. So it deals with control, fear, guilt, shame, all based upon a misinterpretation and a miscommunication. And so as we rewire ourselves, as we let go, as we review whether the last 20 years like I started off with or the last 20 lifetimes, Eventually we learn from that and bring ourselves present here and now by now learning the lessons and fulfilling all that we've gone through so that we now have the peace from the understanding of that fulfillment. 
Because in there is the spiritual awakening and the knowing of who we are and where we've come from and the knowing of being back home with that mother and father we call God that is not dual but is singular in nature. And we all know that it really is just loving. And all we're attempting to do is restore ourselves in the loving. And through all that, everything is truly answered, taken care of, supported, fulfilled. And all we have to do is allow that by choosing to participate and engage ourselves fully in the spirit of life not in our physical life. When I said that a little while ago, did you think I meant physically? Did you think I meant to engage physically in your life? Or did you understand that I meant to engage spiritually in your spiritual life, to engage and participate in life itself is the true spirit not our physical experience or what we think or feel about it, but our spiritual experience and awakening that is truly what's going on behind the scenes, always has been, always will. And it's up to us to seek that understanding, the wisdom of the Spirit, and to let go of the play that is being presented on the stage, but to rather seek the fulfillment and all that has created the play. For therein lies the true answer and the fulfillment to all of our longing, our seeking, and discovering. And we just have to have the wisdom to know where to look and to go experience for that fulfillment. And with that, I bid you a wonderful summer, not a farewell, just a summer break, and I'll turn it over and let Jim share or meditate or whatever he'd like to do now. <laughs>